Chapter Sixteen of the D'Artagnan Romances, Volume Two, Twenty Years After, by Alexandre Dumas, translated by William Robson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Duke de Beaufort. The circumstances that had hastened the return of D'Artagnan to Paris were as follows: One evening, when Mazarin, according to custom, went to visit the Queen, in passing the guard chamber, he heard loud voices. Wishing to know on what topic the soldiers were conversing, he approached with his wonted wolf-like step, pushed open the door, and put his head close to the chink. There was a dispute among the guards. "'I tell you,' one of them was saying, "'that if Coisel predicted that, tis good as true. I know nothing about it, but I have heard say that he's not only an astrologer, but a magician.' "'Deuce take it, friend!' If he's one of thy friends, thou wilt ruin him in saying so. Why? Because he may be tried for it. Ah, absurd! They don't burn sorcerers nowadays. No, tis not a long time since the late cardinal burnt Urban Grandier, though. My friend, Urban Grandier wasn't a sorcerer. He was a learned man. He didn't predict the future. He knew the past, often a more dangerous thing. Mazarin nodded an assent, but wishing to know what this prediction was, about which they disputed, he remained in the same place. "'I don't say,' resumed the guard, "'that Coisel is not a sorcerer, but I say that if his prophecy gets wind, it's a sure way to prevent its coming true.' "'How so?' "'Why, in this way, if Coisel says loud enough for the cardinal to hear him, on such or such a day such a prisoner will escape, tis plain that the cardinal will take measures of precaution, and that the prisoner will not escape.' "'Good Lord,' said another guard, who might have been thought asleep on a bench, but who had lost not a syllable of the conversation, "'do you suppose that men can escape their destiny?' If it is written yonder in heaven that the Duc de Beaufort is to escape, he will escape, and all the precautions of the cardinal will not prevent it. Mazarin started. He was an Italian, and therefore superstitious. He walked straight into the midst of the guards, who on seeing him were silent. "'What were you saying?' he asked with his flattering manner. "'That Monsieur de Beaufort has escaped, were you not?' "'Oh, no, my lord,' said the incredulous soldier. "'He's well guarded now. We only said he would escape.' "'Who said so?' "'Repeat your story, St. Laurent,' replied the man, turning to the originator of the tale. Uh, "'My lord,' said the guard, "'I have simply mentioned the prophecy I heard from a man named Coisel, who believes that, be he ever so closely watched and guarded, the Duc de Beaufort will escape before Whitsuntide. "'Coisel is a madman!' returned the cardinal. "'No,' replied the soldier, tenacious in his credulity. "'He has foretold many things which have come to pass. For instance, that the Queen would have a son, that Monsieur Coligny would be killed in a duel with the Duc de Guise, and finally that the coadjutor would be made cardinal. Well, the queen has not only one son, but two. Then Monsieur de Coligny was killed, and— Yes, said Mazarin, but the coadjutor is not yet made cardinal. 
no my lord but he will be answered the guard mazarin made a grimace as if he meant to say but he does not wear the cardinal's cap then he added so my friend it's your opinion that monsieur de beaufort will escape that's my idea my lord and if your eminence were to offer to make me at this moment governor of the castle of vincennes i should refuse it after whitsuntide it would be another thing there is nothing so convincing as a firm conviction it has its own effect upon the most incredulous and far from being incredulous mazarin was superstitious he went away thoughtful and anxious and returned to his own room where he summoned Banouin and desired him to fetch thither in the morning the special guard he had placed over Monsieur de Beaufort, and to awaken him whenever he should arrive. The guard had, in fact, touched the cardinal in the tenderest point. During the whole five years in which the Duc de Beaufort had been in prison, not a day had passed in which the cardinal had not felt a secret dread of his escape. It was not possible, as he knew well, to confine for the whole of his life the grandson of henry the fourth especially when this young prince was scarcely thirty years of age but however and whensoever he did escape what hatred he must cherish against him to whom he owed his long imprisonment who had taken him rich brave glorious beloved by women feared by men to cut off his life's best happiest years for it is not life it is merely existence in prison meantime mazarin redoubled his surveillance over the duke but like the miser in the fable he could not sleep for thinking of his treasure often he awoke in the night suddenly dreaming that he had been robbed of monsieur de beaufort then he inquired about him and had the vexation of hearing that the prisoner played drank sang but whilst playing drinking singing he often stopped short to vow that mazarin should pay dear for all the amusements he had forced him to enter into at vincennes so much did this one idea haunt the cardinal even in his sleep that when at seven in the morning banouin came to arouse him his first words were well what's the matter has monsieur de beaufort escaped from vincennes i don't think so my lord said banouin but you will hear about him for la ramee is here and awaits the commands of your eminence tell him to come in said mazarin arranging his pillows so that he might receive the visitor sitting up in bed the officer entered a large fat man with an open physiognomy his air of perfect serenity made mazarin uneasy approach sir said the cardinal the officer obeyed do you know what they are saying here no your eminence well they say that monsieur de beaufort is going to escape from vincennes if he has not done so already the officer's face expressed complete stupefaction he opened at once his little eyes and his great mouth to inhale better the joke his eminence deigned to address to him and ended by a burst of laughter so violent that his great limbs shook in hilarity as they would have done in an egg escape my lord escape your eminence does not know then where monsieur de beaufort is yes i do sir in the donjon of vincennes 
"'Yes, sir, in a room, the walls of which are seven feet thick, with grated windows, each bar as thick as my arm.' "'Sir,' replied Mazarin, "'with perseverance one may penetrate through a wall. With a watch-spring one may saw through an iron bar.' "'Then—' my lord does not know that there are eight guards about him four in his chamber four in the antechamber and that they never leave him but he leaves his room he plays at tennis at the mall sir those amusements are allowed but if your eminence wishes it we will discontinue the permission oh no no cried mazarin fearing that should his prisoner ever leave his prison he would be the more exasperated against him if he thus retrenched his amusement he then asked with whom he played my lord either with the officers of the guard with the other prisoners or with me but does he not approach the walls while playing your eminence doesn't know those walls they are sixty feet high and i doubt if monsieur de beaufort is sufficiently weary of life to risk his neck by jumping off hum said the cardinal beginning to feel more comfortable you mean to say then my dear monsieur la ramee that unless monsieur de beaufort can contrive to metamorphose himself into a little bird i will continue answerable for him take care you assert a great deal said mazarin monsieur de beaufort told the guards who took him to vincennes that he had often thought what he should do in case he were put into a prison and that he found that forty ways of escaping my lord if among these forty there had been one good way he would have been out long ago come come not such a fool as i fancied thought mazarin besides my lord must remember that monsieur de chavigny is governor of vincennes continued la ramee and that monsieur de chavigny is not friendly to monsieur de beaufort yes but monsieur de chavigny is sometimes absent when he is absent i am there but when you leave him for instance oh when i leave him i place in my stead a bold fellow who aspires to be his majesty's special guard i promise you he keeps a good watch over the prisoner during the three weeks that he has been with me i have only had to reproach him with one thing being too severe with the prisoners and who is this cerberus a certain monsieur grimaud my lord and what was he before he went to vincennes he was in the country as i was told by the person who recommended him to me and who recommended this man to you the steward of the duc de grimaud he is not a gossip i hope lord a mercy my lord i thought for a long time that he was dumb he answers only by signs it seems his former master accustomed him to that well dear monsieur la ramee replied the cardinal 
let him prove a true and thankful keeper and we will shut our eyes upon his rural misdeeds and put on his back a uniform to make him respectable and in the pockets of that uniform some pistoles to drink to the king's health mazarin was large in promises quite unlike the virtuous monsieur grimaud so bepraised by la romay for he said nothing and did much it was now nine o'clock the cardinal therefore got up perfumed himself dressed and went to the queen to tell her what had detained him the queen who was scarcely less afraid of monsieur de beaufort than the cardinal himself and who was almost as superstitious as he was made him repeat word for word all la ramee's praises of his deputy then when the cardinal had ended alas sir why have we not a grimaud near every prince patience replied mazarin with his italian smile that may happen one day but in the meantime well in the meantime i shall still take precautions and he wrote to d'artagnan to hasten his return end of chapter sixteen recording by john van stan savannah georgia